He's never failed me. Never failed me. Jesus Christ never failed me. This one thing. fail. Help me sing it now. Hallelujah. He's never Clap of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Isn't God so special? Amen. Oh, it's been good to meet some wonderful friends and to see some old friends here. Amen. Seeing uh, my buddies here on the on the second row here, Brother Charon and and uh, Brother uh, Marcus, and, uh, just uh, Hildebrand. There, it's good to see them here. And um, well, you're not Hildebrand, are you? Amen. Freezing. Amen. And uh, good, good to see them. Just good to see everyone, uh, all of our friends, Brother Jonas, Sister Laura, the family, and, and just the ones that we have known. I just have, have enjoyed. And meeting all of the new friends. I tell you what, you all have made me feel right at home. Amen. I, I, I came in the office yes, last night, and, and Sister Elsie had, had, had brought in some, some muffins. And uh, I want to tell you, Sister Elsie, wh- whoever you are and wherever you are, I've ate them all up. Amen. And I did share one. Amen. With Pastor. Amen. Had to give the 10%. Amen. And <laughs> Hallelujah. 
And, uh, and so, uh, uh, and then we, uh, the, 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 the sister who brought in the, the throat launches last night and, and gave them to me and, and brother Bob, uh, given, given me the cassette tape and, I just say, God bless all of you. Amen. These, and these musicians, how many, how many appreciate your musicians? All your song leaders? My. Hallelujah. God bless you. You're very, very blessed here in this assembly. And I say, God richly bless you here today. I'd like to turn here to the book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter. And... Um, Amen. You guys just pray with me on, with my voice and um, that God will give us the, give us a voice to preach and I'm sure he will. Amen. Sometimes it just takes a little while to get that throat to, in, in line. Amen. Uh, your vocal cords, but uh, amen. I know when the anointing comes, everything's always better. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm looking forward to that day. All these services, just God just gives us a little bit of eternity to go to heaven on. Gives us a little bit of that time. Amen. And so greetings from all of our, our little church. I pastor there in Pawnee, Oklahoma. I, um, I've started pastoring when I was 19 years old. And um, uh, we got, my wife and I had got married and been married for uh, six months. And and, um, amen, we, we, we both left our mothers and uh, went about two hours away and, and um, started little Bible studies and prayer meetings and, amen, started baptizing people and, and uh, before you know it, we had to have us a church building and, and so I've been there now pastoring for, uh, I guess, going on 34 years and um, so the Lord has, has been good to us. Amen. And I know for a fact that if a young man or a young woman will give themselves to the Lord, God will use you. Amen. He'll anoint you in, in the capacity that he has, he has ordained for you. Amen. Amen. So let's, let's look here at Hebrews uh, 4 and 9. It says, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works. As God did from his. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we want to thank you this morning for your love. Thank you for your great mercies upon our lives. And Lord, the friends that we have met here this weekend. And Lord, though I have not felt uh, as, as, as up to it after the services to get out and shake hands. Lord, I, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed being here and and the welcoming spirit, Lord, that has been in this congregation. And I pray that you'll ever bless this congregation. Lord, that you would bless all of the people and bless all of the men. Lord, and the laborers here that are working with the pastor. And Lord, strengthen all of the hands of those laborers. Strengthen Brother Ed and Sister Sandy's hands, Lord. And I pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would be with them. We love you, Lord. Now, Father, I'm asking that you would give us the strength in back and voice today. And we'll give you glory and honor. Lord, we truly do love you. We love you with all of our heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Can the church say amen? amen. 
And amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to speak this morning on a, on a little subject, amen, and just simply put it, resting. Amen. Resting. I, amen. Rest is, is something that, amen, is um, a foreign thing to a lot of people. Amen. And, and, and I want to tell you, you're fighting devils. And when you're fighting devils, amen, uh, throughout, you know, you, you live in a world of turmoil. Amen. But rest is, is, is a regulating. Resting of the soul is the regulating of your thoughts and the emotions of the flesh. And, and what a paradox, because here in 2023... Amen. The world is anything but resting. Amen. The world is uh, the politics and the economy and the safety. Amen. It's it's there's a it's a it's an incredible day that we're living in. It's it's a real day of unrest. It's a day of dissatisfaction. But in it all, we can hear the voice that says, "Come unto me." All you that are weary and that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The Old Testament Sabbath was a type of the, of, of the believer's position in Christ. Now, there were six days of labor, but on the seventh day was to be the day of rest. Amen. You were to lay down your hole. You were to lay down your shovel. You, you were to lay down your hammer. Amen. And because this day on the seventh day was to be a rest. It was to be a day that would be holy unto the Lord. Amen. This was, this was the requirement. You can work in the six days. But on the seventh day it is, is holy unto the Lord. It was the completion of the week. Amen. And then you would go back into the, the next week again. And so, amen. But you see, man's number. Did you know that man's number is six? That's man's number. That was when, amen, man was created on the sixth day. It was, it's man's number six. And, and, and man has been laboring and striving to no avail for 6,000 years. There has been, amen, uh, uh, I believe it was uh, uh, Solomon, the wisest man that said, amen, all is vanity, all is full of death, all is full of sorrow. Amen, everything uh, about humanity humanity everything about humanity is is corruption no matter what you do no matter how well you dress no matter how much you're, you're educated at the end of the day man all things are vanity with man amen everything is full of turmoil with man can you say man but yet God is 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 saying I'm going to give you a rest I'm going to give you a Sabbath day where man can rest from all of his labors. Can you say man? Amen. The prophet of God would say, let us see what the Bible teaches about the Sabbath rest. For he that has entered into his rest, this entering in is not only entering in, but remaining in. Amen. This rest that God's given you is not one day out of the week, but he is offering for you to come into this Sabbath rest and remain into it. 
Oh, can you say amen? Amen. Oh, I'm thankful for that. He says, now, this entering in is, is not only entering in, but remaining in the rest. It's an eternal rest, of which the seventh day is but a type. Seven is completion. Eight is the first day again. Jesus' resurrection was on the first day of the week, giving us eternal life and eternal Sabbath rest. Thus, we, we can see why God could not give us any one certain day of the week as a Sabbath rest. We've entered into and do remain in our rest. Israel could not do, having only a shadow of the true substance which we enjoy. Why go back to a shadow when we have the reality now? He says, how can we receive this rest? Or continuing Sabbath is an invitation of Jesus. Matthew 11 and 28, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Well, can you say amen? He goes down to the next verse and says, And you shall find rest, or the keeping of the Sabbath. Amen. Not a day, but eternal life Sabbath unto your souls. Brother Branham would say, no matter how long you've been laboring under the load of sin, whether it's 10 years, 30 years, 50 years or longer, come with your tired, weary life and you will find his rest. The true Sabbath, Jesus will give you rest. Oh, can you say man? Amen. You see, God gave the, the prophecy in Isaiah 700 years before Christ and he told him that there was a rest that was going to be coming. Amen. That, that, that the tables would be turned to vomit and there would be, amen, a lot of man in religion but he promised there's going to come a rest hallelujah not going to church and not going with creeds and not trying with the law but there would come an eternal rest not a day in the week but it would be God's eternal rest to everyone of his sons and daughters we've longed for that rest we've longed humanity's long man has longed for that rest and God says I'm going to give you that rest Brother Branham says he prophesied here in Isaiah and it come to pass 700 years later at Pentecost when they were all filled with the Holy Ghost exactly as it said it would be. This is the true Sabbath. Amen. That was promised. Thus when they were filled with the Holy Ghost they ceased from the worldly works their worldly doings their evil ways the Holy Ghost took charge of their lives and they entered into rest there is your rest there is your Sabbath it is not a day nor a year but the eternity of being filled and blessed with the Holy Ghost it is you ceasing and God doing turn to your neighbor and say it is you ceasing and God doing they didn't hear you right say it again he it is you ceasing and God doing 
Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Rest is when you and God become one. Amen. There has been a, a theme. I don't know if you've noticed it over the weekend here. There has been a theme, and I feel like the Holy Spirit has been trying to tell us, is oneness with God. Oneness with God. You're not acting separate from God. Amen. You have united with God. And when you are united with God, the struggle is gone. Oh, there is a rest. Yes, you're still in your nature. Yes, you still have to go to work. Yes, you still have things that you have to deal with. But you are at one with God. <laughs> and you have entered into rest. Oh, can you say amen? Amen. Oh, my brother Branham talks about it's not you believing on Christ, but it's you believing in Christ. He said there is a difference in believing on Christ. Amen. You can believe. I can believe you. I can, I can believe your words, and I can try to understand it. But he said this is not what Jesus or what God is trying to say. Amen. He says in oneness, he says, he says Jesus going to the great of Lazarus. He says, I am the resurrection and life, and he that believeth in me, though he be dead, yet he shall live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth in me, not on me, but in me. Being in him, believing. In him, believing. Why? Because you become one with him. You're baptized into him. Now it is him believing in you. Oh, when God said, let there be, God believed his own word. And when you are baptized into Christ, amen, you can believe exactly like he believed because you are in him. Amen. He says, now, believing, being in him, believing, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, in him believing. Oh, my. I hope the Holy Spirit gets that right down to you. Believing in him. You cannot believe in him until you come in him. Or he comes in you, and then you're believing in him. Somebody say, in him. Then you have eternal life. You're believing on him until you receive eternal life. Then eternal life is God's life in you. Then you are believing in him. Brother Wendell, I'm just struggling. I, I'm trying to believe. Just come on inside him. And then it, all the work is done. Brother Wendell, I want to believe. I want to believe that God's going to save my children. I want to believe that I'm going to be healed. I want to believe that I'm going to make a rapture. I want to believe. Brother Wendell, if I could just believe, just come into Christ and you can rest in the finished work because you are in him. Well, that makes me want to shout, spit, scream, do a little jig. Hallelujah. Oh, my. I'm baptized. 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Amen. What does baptized mean? Hallelujah. Baptized means to be submerged. 
<laughs> I, I know, I know to some it means a sprinkle. I know to some it means to get a glass of water and pour over. But that ain't what the Bible says. Baptize means to be submerged. And when you are baptized with the Holy Ghost, you are submerged. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? There's too many times we're submerged, amen, in, in doubt. We're submerged, amen, in unbelief. We're submerged in sorrow, amen, in the trial. But I say that's not what God has called you to. He has ordained you to be baptized into Christ. That means everywhere you're looking around is Christ. Some people say, if I pray every day, I'm abiding in. Hallelujah. If I read my Bible every day, that's called abiding in. Hallelujah. Good deeds is being submersed in. These are simply tokens of love. They're the appreciation for the love that God has given. Oh, can you say amen? But you can't have confidence in your deeds. Amen. Come on, church. Amen. Sometimes you pray. Amen. And you're entering into prayer. And other times it's a struggle in your prayer. Sometimes you're reading and it's, and it's just a heaven comes down. And, and you're reading the Bible and it's like heaven opens up. And then there's other times. Amen. Where you're falling asleep after you read the first verse. Oh, come on, church. Amen. But I want to tell you it's not dependent upon your works or your deeds. But it's dependent on being baptized into Christ. Amen. There where you find rest it's not whether I can achieve it's not whether I can make it it is whether Christ has made it and he has made me complete in him submerged somebody say I want to be submerged don't sprinkle me don't be pouring something on top of me let me go down deep into Christ let me be anchored in Christ. Let me find my rest in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now the Jews had a law that they lined their lives with. They had the do's and the don'ts down to the T, but they never found the rest. Some of you sitting in this building here this morning, and you've got your hair just right. And you've got, your, you've got your dresses just right. And you've got the, amen, the damn, the, 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 the message, amen, just right. But you're not in rest. You've got to come unto him. All you that are weary and are heavy laden. Because there's still rest in 19 or in 2023. There's still rest. Hallelujah. Oh, can you say amen? I think we need to be like Job. Not, or not Job, but Jonah. Now, Jonah, hey man, he, 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 you know, he was in the belly of a well. But I love the way he put this. Hey man, he says, Jonah 2 and 3, For thou hadst cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, and all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Now, here he is in the belly. 
valley of the well. There he is, seaweed and seaweed and seaweed and seaweed. And hallelujah. All of the vomit, amen, of the, of the well. But while he is in there, there is something greater than the waters. There's something greater than the well. There's something greater. He had found a rest. Amen. His billows, his love, his compassion are new every more. Come on, church. Quit looking at your trial. Quit looking at your family. Quit looking at your church problem. And look to him who has called you. I want to be overwhelmed. I want to be so overwhelmed that I can't see the top. That I can't find the bottom. That I can't see. I am so engulfed in Christ that that's all I see. Oh, can you say amen? Well, praise the Lord. And I just want to let you know, you'll never get to the bottom of the sea. You'll never get to the bottom of the sea. Amen. His love just keeps coming. He's the eternal fountain. There is no bottom. There's, you will never reach the end of God's love to you, church. Why do you fear? Why, why, why do you sit there and say, I can't? When God's grace is upon you, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll be with you always, even until the end of the world. Can you say amen? Romans 8, 35 says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? Going down to the 38th verse. For I am persuaded. I'm talking about rest. He's in prison cell right now while he is saying this. He just got his back beat right now while he's saying this. I am persuaded. Somebody say, I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded. Amen. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come shall separate us from the love of God found in Christ Jesus. Oh, can you say amen? Hallelujah. Oneness. God's been looking for the time that he could become one with human beings again. God was looking for the time when he could come and be one with you again. <laughs> oh, come on, church. It's not God. Amen. It's not you wanting God and God looking at you and saying, you miserable creature. It is God saying, I want to be one with you. Come into me. Get out of the 
earthly realm. Get out of that sixth day and come into the perfect rest. Can you say amen? Oh, yeah. God's aware of the turmoil of your mind. God's aware of the struggles that we face. God's aware of where we are at. God knows where you're at. God knows what you had for breakfast. God knows what you've been struggling with. God knows where you're at. But I'm saying here today, it's not God way up there and you way down here. It is God's desire to bring an atonement, to bring you into himself so that you can be who you were created to be. Did you know what Christ was? When heaven's death come down upon Jesus in the river Jordan, when the dove came down. Now he told John, he says, the one that you see the spirit descending upon and remain. Now the spirit had fallen upon, came upon the, all of the prophets. But it flew back off. But on this one, Jesus Christ, there came one that the Spirit descended upon and stayed upon. That's why Isaiah could not give you rest. That's why Jeremiah could not give you rest. Their words were anointed of God, but they could not do it. But when Jesus came, heaven and earth kissed each other. When Jesus came, God says, this man, this human, I am pleased to dwell in. Amen. A human. A human being that God was pleased to live in. God don't want to be separate from you. God wants to become you. That's pretty deep for some people. Can you say amen? God's not wanting you to strive to attain. God wants you to come into him. And then he's living his life in you. Then Jesus says, I do nothing except the father which liveth in me. Jesus just walks and just doing what God said to do. Amen. The Holy Ghost was so part of Jesus Christ that as he's walking, it is God living his life through Jesus Christ. Amen. I do nothing except the Father first show me. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. Are you hearing me? He was at peace. It didn't matter whether he's in Garcimony or whether he's on the cross. It didn't matter whether he's healing Lazarus. It didn't matter whether they were trying to kill him. It did not matter. He found himself in God. God tabernacling in him. Hallelujah. Now watch. He says, God, when he come down, many people bypass the scripture. But to me, it's one of the most outstanding scriptures of the Bible. That's when heaven and earth embraced 
when God come down in the form of a dove and went upon his son in the form of a lamb, why did he choose the lamb and the dove? It's because the dove cannot abide on anything else but a lamb. Their natures are the same. That's the reason the two could get along together. Their natures were meek, humble, lowly. That's why they could dwell together. And when God and Christ become one, when the dove came down on the lamb, heaven and earth kissed each other. God and man was reconciled together. I don't think you're hearing me here this morning. Jesus was your representation. When God accepted him, he accepted you. When God accepted the perfect lamb, he accepted you. You were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. Can you say amen? He says, now, I have, as I have said, the reason they could dwell together. The Bible said he saw the spirit of God like a dove. And he said, behold, the lamb of God. And the dove came on the lamb and abode. I like that. Abiding. Now, if the lamb would have snorted like a, dove, like a wolf, well, the dove would have gone on. You know, sometimes I wonder that if that's the reason that we have so much trouble in the church. If we are the lambs of God, we should have the nature of lambs. If we expect the dove to abide, do you believe it? I do. He says, if you watch the dove, the reason it stayed on the lamb is because their natures was the same. And the dove, the reason the dove stays on the Christian, he'll stay there as long as he is a lamb. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on in. There's a predestinated seed on the inside of you. That is the seed of God. Come on inside. Come on in. Let that seed be born again. And then you're going to find the nature of God and the nature of you is the same thing. It's not you resisting God. You're no longer a wolf. You're no longer a sinner. The seed on the inside, that germ seed of God has been energized and you have been given a birth. Can you say amen? Amen. amen? Now, in him. Somebody say, I'm in him. Amen. Somebody say, I'm resting. I'm resting. Somebody say, I'm resting in him. Resting. If you're resting in yourself, enjoy it while you can. Because the emotions can be swayed one way or the other. You can be, hallelujah. You can walk outside the door and someone will look at you wrong and all of a sudden your emotions, hey, what did he do that for? There goes your resting. Come on. Hallelujah. But you can come into Christ and find an eternal rest. Christ paid the price so that the dove could come upon you and not rest and leave but would abide in you forever. How, that's a good time to start shouting. That's a good time to give the Holy Ghost a good standing ovation. That's the time to let the devil know you have lost. I have found my rest. <laughs> 
Can you say amen? Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Can you shout yes? Yes. Amen. Psalms 40 and 2 says, he brought me up also out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and has set my feet upon a rock and established my going, and he hath put a new song in my mouth. Can I hear a yes? Hallelujah, I found myself in him. All the change. When we have become engulfed. Now watch this. Galatians 5. Talks about the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh is adultery. Fornication. Uncleanliness. Lasciviousness. Idolatry. Witchcraft. Hatred. Variance. Emulations. Wrath. Strife. Seditions. Heresies. Envings, murders, drunkenness, revelings. Man. Apostle Paul says these are the works of the flesh. These are the works of the flesh. But then the Apostle Paul says, but the fruit of the Spirit. Now, now, now where's this fruit of the Spirit taking place at? In the same body where the works of the flesh was. <laughs> The works of the flesh were me, 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 protecting me. It's me, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me. But now when the dove comes upon you, now the fruit of the Spirit is taking its abode in you. Now it's love, joy, peace. Why? Because you have found rest. You're no longer worried about you anymore. You have been finding yourself in him. You're secure in him. You're loved by him. You found your name on his book. You have joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and patience. You're in him. <laughs> Works of the flesh are for those that are striving. Fruit of the Spirit is Him in you. You find the guy that's always having to defend his rights, he's not entered into rest. You find that one that's always got to have the last word. Has not entered into rest. But that one who has walked not just ankle deep, not just knee deep, but walking on out into the waters. And now the waters are overtaking him. Now he is finding what God really is. He has no excuse. He has no humanity trying to take him back. He has found his purpose, his existence in his eternal plan. Jesus said, John 15 and 7, if you 
abide in me. And my words abide in you. Then, hopefully you're not going to stay up all night worried about the bills. I'm hoping that now, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, it'll help you to endure. No, that's not what he said. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, I want you to read the rest of it to me. Why? Because you and he have joined together. It's not God in heaven and you down here. It is eternal rest in you. You're walking in love. You're walking in joy. You're walking in confidence. Oh, come on, church. Amen. I say there is an anointing on this church. You're baptized into it by the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? I feel like preaching right now. If I had a little more voice, I would. Hallelujah. Well, I'm not doing bad right now. Hallelujah. It was a joke. John 12 and 45. He that seeth me seeth him that sent me. I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Then Jesus turns around a few chapters later and says, you are the light. How is it that you become the light? Because when you see me, when you see me, Wendell Martin, you see, when you see you, they see can you say amen why you and God have become one my mate is to do the will of him that sent me you know what abiding is hallelujah I just I, I wanted to shout abiding is to continue without fading. It is to live in, to dwell, to endure, to remain permanent, steadfast. You know what the opposite of abiding is? Fade, disappear, short-lived. If you're abiding in Christ, it is permanent. I can walk into the throne room of Christ and I can stay in that throne room. I can live in that room right there when I'm at work. I can live in that room right there when I'm having odds with my wife. I can live in that room right there when all hell is going loose. 
am in him. It's not a fading thing. It's not going to disappear. It is in a permanent place. Oh, can you say amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. First Corinthians 15 and 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Brother Branham says, oh, if I could get the world to see that. Why, there you are. There's the body of Christ, living, standing, redeemed. Redeemed. Oh, my, justified in his sight. Why are we justified? We are his victory. Why are you justified? Because you are his victory. Praise God. Your justice secure as Jesus Christ was secure. You're justified to be here. You're justified to believe. You're justified to stand on every word of God. You are his victory. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, devil. His victory. And the devil couldn't do anything about it then, and the devil can't do anything about it now. I don't care what kind of legislation. I don't care how much they want to, amen, legislate sin. I don't care how much they want to legislate, amen, it doesn't make it right. I am in him. Now watch. All right. Getting ahead of myself, the church is his victory. We come forth in the last days with this glorious gospel showing his victory. He died for this purpose. We are the proof of his victory. And when we see him coming down and living among the church, that's his victory. It shows that he couldn't keep him in the grave and neither can they keep us. We are already potentially raised because we've raised from dead unbelief in his word from denominations and creeds to the eternal word of the eternal God which is him himself working through us manifesting himself that he is the same yesterday today and forever. Can you say man? You are God's purpose. Another, another quote. He said, that's God's purpose. His purpose as Father Supreme was to be one with his family, his earthly family, Adam and Eve. And the only way they could have been one with a family or with God was because God's nature was in them. So that made them with God's nature in them, then with each other and God, they become one. Isn't it a beautiful picture? God in his family, Father overall, supreme, no death, no sorrow, no heartaches, no nothing. Amen, just joy unspeakable, N never to be sick, never to have a heartache, just one with God. What a picture. That's what Adam and Eve had. Can you say amen? Yeah. 
Because the very nature of God was in these people. Therefore, what they did, they just followed in line with God. God was in them and made them one. Now, Jesus prayed in John 17 and the 11th chapter. For you that's putting it down, I have many uh, this morning. Uh, John 11, 17 and 11. Jesus prayed that the church and he would be one like he and the Father were one. That the church, we as members of the body of Christ, would be one together just like he and the Father are one. At that day, we would know that he was in the Father, Father in him, and he in us. That together we were one. What a union. A oneness. That would be to see God in his church. Till every member is just perfectly in harmony with each other and God. That's the church that Jesus is coming for. That's the church becoming so at one with him. Trials, tribulations, heartaches, persecutions. Come on. Family problems, financial problems, job problems. It don't matter. We are at one with him. We're not going to deviate from what God says. Devil comes up and says, but, 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 you just tell him to kick his butt right out the door. Amen. We're going to walk right with him. We're going to live right with him. We're going to keep on a pushing with him. We're not turning to the left. We're not, why? We have found our place in him. The bride has come to her. Amen. Her, 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 uh, 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 her maturity. The bride has come of age. The bride is not a little girl anymore. The bride is not a little somebody here. Amen. That's, that's still flirting and flirting and flirting. No, she's a matured woman. She's fallen in love with Christ and his word. She is at one with him she has taken the throne with him well you ought to be shouting right now the golden scepter is in her hand the word you believe has empowered you over Haman and all of his deceit Come on, for such a time as this, have you stepped into the kingdom? You were once an orphan. You were orphan. Orphan Esther. You were once the one that Haman was wanting to kill. You were once despised and hated and there was other girls that came but they rejected the chamberlain's wishes they rejected the instruction but you're the little bride you're the bride now you were once the orphan and the chamberlain comes up to you and says I I, I, I'll let you have the anointing if you want it. I'll let you speak in tongues if you want it. I'll let you do all of these things. And she says, thank you for all of that. And I appreciate that. And I'll take every bit of it. But just tell me what the king likes. And he says, I'll tell you what. The king's got some oils that just makes him go wild. I'll take that. 
Oh, the king loves the hair. I'm telling you right now, I've been around this king. I know this king. Teach me how to do it. Hallelujah. And before you know it, when she walked into the presence of the king, the king's heart began to go Peter patter. Oh, my goodness. I love the smart. Oh, where did you get that hairdo from you, dear king? Where did you get the perfume from you, dear king? Where did you get your dress from you, my king? Come on, church. Amen. The bride has been secure in him. What he is, she loves. And what she is, he loves. There's an at one mind. He's in love with you. I said he loves you. He loves you. Hallelujah. In love. But now Esther still had a little bit of a problem. When Mordecai came up and said, you've got to go in before the king. She said, I'll die. I can't go before the king. Have you forgot? I'm Esther. I'm an orphan. Mom and dad died. I'm a Jew. I can't go before the king. And the faithful servant said, you're queen. You're not an orphan. You belong to the king. You're his wife. He says, get out of those old ragged clothes and put on royal apparel. Get rid of the spirit of heaviness and put on the garments of praise. Get rid of the spirit of oppression and put on the garments of righteousness. Walk into his presence with confidence. Walk into his presence knowing you are his beloved. Can I hear an amen? You've got to walk into his presence with confidence that he loves you as much as you love him. So Esther goes back. She takes off the old clothes, the old spirit of heaviness. I'll die. Take that off. He don't want me in there. Take that off. Put on the royal apparel. What pleased him at the beginning will please him today. Oh, come on now. Man, I, my wife will get some kind of perfume that I just love so much, and then she'll change it on me. Hallelujah. And then she blames Bath and Body Works. They ran out. They're, they're, it's, it's deleted. I said, Mike, could you tell them that I like that stuff? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can come before him. One, he wants to be at one. He wants to be at one. Are you hearing me? He wants you to come with a confidence that is just pure and undefiled 
as a little virgin girl that has saved herself for her man and she's given herself to that man and she's so in love with that man and that man is so righteous and pure that loves her for everything that she is that's who you are he loves you Can you say amen? He says the only grounds of fellowship that God has ever laid down for himself and his church. Are you ready? Are you ready? I got to set this quote up. Are you ready? The only grounds of fellowship that God has ever laid down for himself and his church is the oneness of himself in the people then he goes back again that's the only grounds for fellowship he wants to be one with you (laughs) baby he's in love with me can you say man One with me. He loves me. Then where's the struggle? He's got my best interest. He's working everything out according to his eternal plan. I can go to bed and rest. Knowing that he's got it all taken care of. What did God, what, what did Boaz tell, what did Boaz tell Ruth? You just go and wait. I'll go down to the gates and I'll take care of this situation. Ruth goes to her, goes home. Ruth, I know I'm going from story to story here. But Ruth goes home and he tells, she, she tells Naomi what's taking place. Amen. What had just taken place on the thrashing floor. And how he says, I'll do the work of redemption. Don't you worry, you're a righteous woman. And I know you are. I've been watching you. I'm going to do the work of redemption. Now, 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 first of all, she's the one that came in. Amen. And, and, her, and, her, and her mother-in-law had told her, now he's going, to be, he's going to be laying there on the floor because he's, this is the time of the, of the threshing. Amen. And, and now, so here he is there in the barley. And, and, and he said, just, just, just lay at his feet and put his skirt over you. Brother Branham says, when the bride comes to the feet of Christ and says just lay what's it what does the skirt represent the Holy Ghost he said just just lay your covering over me just cover me with the Holy Ghost <laughs> when he woke up he was startled he says what what, what are you doing Amen. and she says you have the right of redemption you have the ability to redeem me And he says, oh, virtuous woman, you didn't go after the young boys. You didn't go at you have (coughs) come to somebody, amen, of an older man. And he says, go home and I'll do the work of redemption. He says, now there's still someone ahead of me that's between me and thee. She goes home and she's wringing her hands. Naomi says, what took place? She tells her, and she says, Naomi just sort of giggles. She says, go sit down. 
Go, go, go sit down, Ruth. Why? She says, rest. Because he ain't going to rest until he's got a ring on your finger. He ain't going to rest. He's going to do what it takes. He's going to do the work of redemption. Oh. I want to say today, I ain't wringing my hands. I've got a redeemer. He come to Satan. Amen. And Satan says, oh, they're mine. But when he come and brought it, he says, you've got, he says, no, I don't, I can't have him anymore. I've got what it takes to redeem. Can you say amen? Now, he says, so to be united with him in the spirit is of his power, his eternal life. You're eternally united with God. I want to get that after a bit. United eternally with the eternal God, perfectly in harmony with him, perfectly united together. A church that all, both God and his church is one, united together. I believe this should be the year of no condemnation. If Satan has, if you've been letting the devil snare you, am I, am I wearing you out? If you're letting the devil pull you aside and, and your allegiance isn't to Christ and Christ alone, Come into Christ. Be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Struggle is when you don't have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Sabbath. You can come into Christ. You're no longer struggling with the battles against porn, with the battles against... Uh, uh, a lust with the battles against tempers with the yes the devil will, will always be right there working trying to push the buttons push your buttons of your flesh but you're not coming out you have found your place in him can you say man you have found your place in him let this be the year brother Branham says one thing that the tabernacle needs up here at our church at the tabernacle of Jess is a, is a rededication a refilling of the Holy Ghost that's right everyone to get down to the altar and pray until they uh, until they get a renewing of the Holy Ghost the whole church be filled with the power of God that's what we need not only the tabernacle there but the body of Christ universal it needs a refilling David said one day restore to me the joy of my salvation now he had not lost his salvation but the joy of it and when it gets to a place where I can enjoy my religion my salvation there's something wrong somewhere because it is joy unspeakable and full of glory one of them said taste and see that the Lord is good it tastes like honey in the rock oh I'm so glad that I've tasted that the Lord is so good I love honey but I've never tasted any like that that's the best I know We need a renewing. How many can say this morning? The joy of my salvation has not been where it needs to be. There's been some battles. There's been some struggles. I, 
I want my renewing. Are you hearing me? He says, the Holy Spirit's here. Another place, this is in Y61. If you fall in weak, lukewarm in your experience, and you'd like to be renewed again, David said, restore to me the joy of my salvation. He had not lost his salvation, but he lost all the joy. And I think that goes to about 95% of the church today. Brother Branham would say, in order to stay with God, stay gentle. God is gentle. In order to stay with God, stay with love. God is love. Stay meek. Never be self-sufficient. Always rely upon him. Never use your mind. Take his thoughts. Let his thoughts be your thoughts. One. With him. Am I preaching to somebody here this morning? One with him. This church is the greatest church. It's the most powerful church of all the seven ages. Don't you forget that. Don't you forget if God wanted to take the first church, he would have done it. The second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, or even right there, amen, and Azusa Street Saints. But he did not take it because the bride had not come into her maturity. We're here. Well, Brother Wendell, I've still got all this that I'm working. Maturity is the ability to look to him. Maturity is the ability to say, I'm wrong, help me. Maturity is not sinless perfection. Maturity is being able to recognize when you're, when you're going off on the wrong path and say, Lord, forgive me. Apply the blood. Get back on the straight and narrow. Come on. Maturity is I love you. I'm not going to chase that girl. My wife don't have to worry about me. I hope she don't. I hope she's not at home thinking, oh, dear God. He's going. I have her humpteen miles away from me. I hope he ain't flirting with girls. Are you kidding? I'm in love. <laughs> I can't wait to get to home so I can plant a big old kiss right on her lips. I love my girl. I'm not up here worrying about her. I can guarantee you that she can't wait to plant a kiss on mine. Right? Hallelujah. I'm not, I'm not looking here and there and there and here and there. And neither are you as a son of God. Well, you're going and chasing this and you're chasing that and you're chasing that. Come back to Christ. You say, Brother Wendell, but I'm not the guy that's been true to God like I should. Brother Wendell, I have chased after other things. I have got to come under the addiction 
of this and that. Am I still his? Yeah? Yeah? But the word has come to bring you to your senses. A woman had come to Brother Branham. She was so condemned. She had fallen and was wallowing in the guilt. And she was asking Brother Branham, is there any hope for me? He says, yes, yes, sister, brother, whoever wrote this. If you have fallen down here, that don't mean you're lost. That means you're an eagle in, in a pen, that's all. You're caged up down here in sin again. You don't want to be there. That's the reason you're looking upward. There you are. Oh, Brother Branham, I once lived up there. Is there a way here? Yes. And that's about the way he puts it. Yes. Reminds me of, the, uh, uh, of one day, a little boy, I was walking around behind the farm. Somebody had tied an old crow to keep him out of the corn. And the poor old fellow was just about starved to death. And I couldn't be that mean to do that. He tied the old crow by the foot and the old fella had eat everything around. And he couldn't, he couldn't get nothing else. The farmer had just left him. He was so poor he couldn't even, couldn't even get up. And the crows would fly over and say, call, call, call. In other words, come on, Johnny Crow. Winter time is coming. Let's go south. But he couldn't do it. He was tied. One certain, one day a certain fella came by and seen the poor old crow. And so he just went over and caught him and untied him. And said, go on, boy, you're free. So then the first thing you know, he kept walking around. Here comes the crows over hollering. Come on, Johnny Crow. Call, call, call. Let's go south. The, the winter is, is, is coming. You're, you're, you're going to freeze to death. If he could look back, he'd say, can't do it. See, he had been so used to being tied. See, he had, he had thought that he was still tied. And you may think you're tied too, brother, sister, that wrote this question. You may think the devil has got you tied down there, but he's lying. There's one time a man come to earth, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and he untied you. Don't you believe it? You don't have to stay down there. No, sir, you're free. That's right. He died in your place to take away your sin. You just believe on him, flop your wings, and fly away with the rest of them. Don't stay in that pit of the devil. No, sir. Now, you say, you, you, will you lay hands upon me and free me? Now, sister, brother dear, I, 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 sure, I'd lay hands on you, but that wouldn't free you. What would free you is to understand that you're already free. You're already untied. You don't have to worry about being free. You're already free. Jesus made you free. Be not entangled in the yoke of bondage. You're free as you can be. You don't have to be tangled up. Laying my hands on you is just a tradition. We might do that. And why, that, I, could, I could do that, but that still wouldn't set you free until you accept what he's done for you. That's just me saying, Lord, I believe it. And you just lay, and, and, and you just lay your hands by faith upon him saying, Lord, I believe it. And up you come. That's right. Confess your sins. He that hides his sins will not prosper, covers his sins. But he that will confess his sins, there's where you get freedom and justification. When you're willing to say, I've sinned, 
I'm wrong. That's what you said here. I've fallen. I've sinned. I'm dead wrong. Is there a chance for me to be made whole again? Absolutely. The minute that you desire it, that shows that God has dropped a lifeline down to pick you up. What a glorious gospel. Amen. The moment that you confess, God drops a, a, a lifeline right down to you. Yes, the minute you desire it, just rise up in the lifeline of faith and prayer and move right on up into, uh, with the rest of the eagles like that. Go flopping away. That's right. Yes, laying hands. Uh, that's a great thing. I believe in that. I believe in laying on the hands. I sure do. But that isn't what does it. I could lay hands upon the people week in and week out and still it would do no good until you accept what Christ did for you. Can I hear an amen? He can, keep that, he can keep that sword out of your hand. Hallelujah. Then he's got you whooped. You understand what I'm saying? Get that sword back in your hand. And if there's somebody in here and you've not done exactly what you know to be doing and Satan has pulled you off in a trap, it's time to get up there, draw that line in the sand and say, I'm coming back home and I ain't never coming back to that whorehouse of the devil. I am never going back after that old, amen, all of those uh, uh, pimps that are trying to attract me here and there. I am going to be a virtuous bride to Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? He's paid the price for you and he wants you to be one. He does not want anything separating you and him. And then in this oneness, as he is, as Brother Branham talks about it, and I'm fixing to close. Then he says, ye in me, I in you, that you might be one. That they might be one, Father, as you and I are one. This is still in the same message of oneness. God in Christ, Christ in the church, just as we are one, so they be one. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. See, abide my words in you, and then you can ask what you will, for it is in you no more. It's the word that's in you, the word of God. The word of God is a sword. Hebrews 11, or, or Hebrews 4, it's a sword. The sword is perfectly dormant if it isn't yielded by a hand or a power. But it takes a hand to hold the sword. If he's got you in worry, he's got you in unbelief, he's got you in condemnation, you're not going to pick up the sword. But the prophet of God says, now that hand of faith, it depends on how strong it is. Do we have any high, high, strong hands here? Do we have any strong hands in the building? It depends. He's talking about oneness. It depends on how strong it is. This hand of faith must be strong enough to cut a, 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 a little hole through the darkness and say, by faith I am saved. That's a great cut. But then if that's all the stronger that the hand is to yield that sword, that's all it can cut. But if it's a strong hand of faith, it'll cut, it'll cut plumb through every devil that can be put out there. It'll make every promise of God shine forth in the power of his resurrection. 
salvation. If it is a strong hand of faith, the days of miracles, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, it'll cut its way through. It depends on the power of the hand behind the sword. It's time for you to rest in your call. Am I making sense here this morning? I was once, I was once the orphan. But now, I'm sharing the throne with my king. And he says, ask anything in my name. I'll give you up to half the kingdom. My sword is your sword. Ooh, can you say amen? Oh, Haman is coming down. Haman's gallows are coming down. Haman is fixing to have the day of his life hanging on the gallows that he's tried to hang me on. He has empowered you with his word. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. He says that word will cut in there. If there's a strong enough hand by arm behind it to push it in, it'll take its place and cut every promise out and give it to you. If you just, if, if, if you just got the strong arm enough behind it, the sword, pick it up in an arm, an arm of faith, grip it tight, hold on to it, and walk into the face of the enemy. How can that uncircumcised enemy ever stand in the presence of the eternal God? Take the sword of the word. Every promise belongs to you. Pick it up in a strong hand of faith. Walk forward. You need healing. Cut it out with the word. You need salvation. Every promise in the Bible is yours. It's laying back there and Satan's trying to hide it from you. It's mine. I said it's mine. I said it's mine. You say it's a, you're a long-winded preacher. Hallelujah. But I'm here to tell you it's mine. Uh, praise the Lord. Used to be a song we used to sing when I was a kid. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't care what the devil's going to do. I pick up my sword and shield. And Jesus is the Lord of the way I feel. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't care what the devil's going to do. I picked up the... Uh, listen. <laughs> My sword and shield, and Jesus is the Lord in the way I feel. I'm bringing, I'm bringing this under the headship of him. I'm at one with him. Well, praise the Lord. Y'all heard about the lady? Amen. When the, when, it, when, when the war was going on and the bombs were dropping everywhere... And the old lady, amen, everyone was running for the bomb shelters and, and, and everyone was scared. And the ones that were still in the house there with her, she was, amen, they were looking out the windows and they, all the sirens are going off and she just goes to sleep. Bombs are going off everywhere. Finally, they ask her, what, what, you, you not care about anything? She says, well, she says, look, 
The Bible says he neither sleeps nor slumbers and there's no need for both of us to stay awake. There's no need for both of us to stay awake. And I'm just wanting to say, if God's got this, then why don't I just let him have it? If God's got this, I'm going to rest in his accomplishments. God's got this. Somebody say, God's got this. Turn to your neighbor. They didn't hear you. God's got this. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. One with God. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadows of the wings of the Almighty. Can you say amen? The Christian faith is based solemnly upon rest. That's right. A Christian is not tossed about. A Christian doesn't run from place to place. A Christian doesn't fuss and fume and worry about things. A Christian rests. It's all over. It's all finished for the believer at Calvary. That's right. Old sickness may come and disappointments. But the Christians at rest knowing this. That God is able to keep that which he has performed. Knowing that no matter what the thing is or how it looks. There's neither sickness, sorrow, death. There's neither starvation or anything that can separate us from the love of God in Christ. We are at rest. Just let the old ship toss any way she wants to. The anchor holds. He says, I come by an, an arbor one time and I seen that. We were flying in a plane coming down low and there was a big old ship there. And the sails had been let down, you know, and what a storm on the sea. My, she was a tossing. I'd seen that old ship there rocking back and forth some ways that it would go in. Some ways would go, it would go under everything else. And I said, wonder why that is. And a fella sitting there, he says, it's got a sea anchor on it. Therefore, the ship can't sink. It can go through the waves, but it can't sink because it is anchored. Somebody shout hallelujah. I said, oh, praise be to God. We've got an anchor. Some waves we can go over, some we go under, but regardless, the anchor holds. It isn't the ship doing the holding, it's the anchor doing the holding. It isn't what I am or what I will be or what I was, it's what he is now. What he did for me and you, it, can't, it ain't what I can do, it's what he has done. He says, my faith doesn't anchor in what in the meetings coming will be. My faith doesn't rest uh, in any ability that I would have upon what church I should join or what people I associate with. My anchor and rest entirely up on my faith anchors and rests entirely upon the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ already been received. Ah. Oh. I'm resting. I'm resting. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. There's a song back home. Amen. I am resting. It's such a blessing. I praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm free. 
I'm free, so free. Well, I'll, well, I'll get another song. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. How about Shalom? How about let's sing Shalom? Y'all know that song? Shalom, Shalom. Y'all don't know that one either. Hallelujah. Well, I'm just going to sing y'all a song. Hopefully I can remember it. Let's go down a key. One more key down. Shalom, Shalom. Peace and God is on the throne. Shalom, Shalom. We are almost home. Shalom, shalom. Peace and good morning. He is on the throne. Shalom, shalom. We are almost on. Everybody help me sing it now. It's an easy one. Shalom. Shalom. Peace and good morning. He is on the throne. Shalom. This was taken from Brother Random's sermon on Shalom. For we are almost done.
Lord, you give him praise here this morning.